Um, Lord, I just thank you for your incredible goodness and your um, incredible provision, Lord, that um, we are so blessed as a church, and I just thank you that you are looking after each of our individual situations as well. And we just honor you this morning with our giving, and we um, just say, have your way with us and to and through us. Amen. I'll just invite Alistair up. Why don't we give a big round of applause? Um, I've met Alistair just in the last sort of about three years, eh? We've kind of got to know each other. Um, they also had the awesome plan of, of planting a church during COVID as well, eh? <laughs> yeah, so their, ch- their church, Equipers, here in town, um, is a sort of similar kind of sort of. You know, time frame eh, since we've been planted yeah and so we've got to know each other and his wife Emily and they are just an awesome awesome couple uh, you might know them from um, music circles as well because um, Alistair runs a, an amazing music business called Epic Music that's right eh? and uh, they've got you got two or three kids three kids three kids so he's very busy very busy guy but um, the times I got to know Alistair he has uh, got a great heart for the Lord um, he's a, a, a wonderful and awesome guy and, and a great pastor, and I just know he's got a great word of encouragement for us today. So I'm just going to pray for him and then just hand it over. Yeah, Father God, I, I thank you for Alistair, and uh, I also think of Emily. Um, um, she's uh, helping out at Equippers today, Lord, and so we just lift these guys up to you, and Lord, I just pray that, Holy Spirit, you would just you would just bless this guy today, and you you just speak through him, Lord, that he'd be a conduit of your of your presence and your grace to us today. Amen. Cool. Kia ora, everybody. How you doing? You good? Oh, that's good. Everyone's awake? Yeah, fantastic. I, um, I'm uh, so privileged to be here, so blessed to be here. It's great to be uh, with Konamika Church today. And um, I am, like Nick said, from Equippers Church over in uh, Cuba Street. We have a, a, a place here. And like you said before, we've been on this journey, similar length of time, maybe a, a year or so before you guys kind of started doing stuff. And uh, I just wanted to encourage you, like this is it's such a great season um, to, to be in as a, as a church. I remember doing when we had to pack in everything and then pack it all out. And I know you guys went through that season as well. And you've said, get lost to that season, which is good. Um, and now you're in this season. And we did this sort of a season for about two and a half years where we had a space that we could use sometimes during the week, but we'd have to set it up on Sunday and pack it down in a side room and whatnot. Um, and just, just sort of, I just wanted to share right at the start, just enjoy each season for what, for what it is. You know, the pack and pack out, it can get frustrating or whatever, but actually God's in the midst of it as well. God's in the midst of the moving around venues. God's in the midst of the setting up on Sundays. God's in the midst of having a building that you can leave everything set up in, which obviously you pray for and want one day as well. Um, but enjoy each and every season because uh, God's in the midst of all of them, which I think is pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah, like Nick mentioned, I'm a, I'm a husband of one wife, Emily, and a father of three kids. It's important you get that the right way around. Um, yeah, I, in fact, we've got some, do we have some uh, pictures? That'll be awesome. Um, so yeah, so we, we recently had a, a holiday to Fiji, which was lovely. If you want to go to the next one, dude. Yeah, there's a, our three little kids. We've got Grace digging the hole, Esther. Um, so Grace is kind of like our third parent in the house. Uh, you got Esther, who is the rebel. Like, oh my gosh, life for her is a theater show, and she's the lead performer. Uh, and then we've got Davey there, who's 10 months old, and he's a, a ball of laughs as well. Um, yeah, which is pretty cool. Actually, I might grab, uh, yeah, and that's uh, my beautiful wife, Emily, 
uh, managing the, the, the kids. That was the, that was the only, we, t- we had a photo shoot while we were in Fiji, and we had about 100 photos. That was the only nice one. Um, I ruined the rest of them. No, I'm joking. No, the kids, it's hard getting kids all smiling at the same time looking at the camera, so... Uh, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, like Nick mentioned, we run uh, Epic Music Academy, which is awesome, and uh, used to teach Hannah guitar, which is cool. And um, we've, uh, we've amazing things there. We teach about 1,100 kids every week uh, across nearly 30 schools in the city, which is awesome. So uh, that was just a real a real God thing that got set up when we first started the church. So we moved, we started the church, we started the music academy, bought a business. Uh, sorry, bought a home, our first home, and started a family all at the same time. Um, which I do not recommend doing, um, but it was a, a great season for us, uh, which is really, really cool. And like I said, uh, like Nick said before, we lead the Equipus Church here in Palmerston North as well. So it's a privilege to be with you. I am also one of six kids in my family. So in my family, if you weren't loud or didn't make yourself known, you often didn't eat. So I'm a very loud person. Um, you know, we had to fight for food sometimes. So please forgive me if I'm enthusiastic or passionate or loud or that's just... A bit of who I am. Yeah, so you can encourage me and cheer me on and all that sort of stuff. I expect something significant from Michael Duty. He's a loud person as well. Uh, it's great to be here with them. They were actually in our antenatal group, Michael and Emily, uh, when they had um, Eli. I was about to call him Elijah. Uh, Eli, uh, and we had Grace. We were in that group together, which is, which is cool. Um, today, I really wanted to share around prayer, and I know that, that Nick's uh, already touched on it when we get, had coffee on Monday. I said, oh, this is what's on my heart. He's like, great, I just shared that on Sunday. God, I'm like, okay, well, either God wants to be really hammering something home or um, something else is going on. But I'm pretty sure God's just wanting to hammer something home today. And this is really something that God's been speaking to me about. Uh, in, our, in our church, we're doing a series called What Works, which is why this slide is up here. Um, and just in preparing for today, I really felt, felt to share a similar message uh, from the one that I, I shared. Because when it comes to life, when it comes to faith, I don't know about you, but for me, I want to I know what actually works. And I want to do that. Like, it's good to know about stuff. It's good to have knowledge. But unless I can apply it to my life and actually have my life transformed, well, then I don't want anything to do with it. If, as long, I want to know what actually works works. And so today we want to talk about prayer and, and how prayer works. But if you think about life, um, there's all sorts of different areas of life. Um, I, I'm passionate about leadership and, and management. And in, in the management world, there can be people who study it a lot. You want to flick through, yeah. If you, if you see me say a word or the slide, just chuck it up, my friends. You're doing, doing a great job. You can chuck the management one up. Um, so, you know, in, in life there's... Uh, People study management. They they think they, they they go to university. They do all that sort of stuff. But you can always tell someone like an effective manager who's actually got experience versus a manager who's read all the books. Because until you actually work with people and actually have to l- like learn about people, doesn't almost it doesn't matter some of the theory stuff you know. Like real life is a bit different. I've got a friend who, who studied um, and th- spent three years studying most of it up the mountain, Ruapehu, um, and then got into his first job. He said he learned more in his first six months in his job than he would learn in the three years of university because actually it didn't really help him in life. It's the same with business. You can learn all the business books, study all the things, read, listen to all the podcasts, read all those things. Until you get in and start a business, I've got a 17-year-old in our church at the moment. He's got this grand plan of retiring at 25 after starting a business and then having this awesome passive income. I'm like, yeah, cool, man. Like, 
good luck. But until you've started a business and like actually worked it, and which I have done and you know worked it through, you actually like you don't know what you're talking about, sort of thing. Um, same thing in medicine. Like, I don't want the guy operating me to know all the stuff. I actually want someone who's done operations before operating on me. And he knows what works for a bit of experience. It's the same in leadership as well, and it's the same in faith. It's the same in life. I, I really believe we don't need people in church who. If we were to come with a struggle or come with a, a problem, we don't need people who say who, who just say, "Have you how, have you prayed about it? Or are you are you connected in church? Are you going to church? Yes, that stuff is good. But what we really need is not just a token. Oh, hey, go pray about it. Or what has God said about it? Like we actually need people who say, "No, come on, can can I teach you how to pray? Can I teach you what I've learned about inviting the presence of God into my situation?" When this time of struggle and this time of heartbreak, of losing a loved one or going through health struggles or financial hardship, can I teach you what it looks like to bring God into that situation through prayer? That's really what we need, I believe, in the church uh, today. Any, um, any, any parents, a few parents in the house? Okay, a few parents in the house. We've got, like, like I said, um, three kids. And um, it's amazing when you have kids... Um, how many people think they know that they're like they they think they are per- the perfect parent, or they are like the pro parent, and so they come with their advice, and it's um, it's amazing who you get advice from. Naturally, you get it from other parents, which is fantastic and often helpful. Sometimes you get people uh, give you advice who don't have any kids, and then you're kind of like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, and then and then there's all sorts of other other people who come and give you advice. When we first had Grace, we had a, a bunch of people come through, midwives and grandparents and, and other friends and whatnot. And it, it's almost like every midwife in the hospital would come through with a different piece of advice of what to do. Oh, the baby's crying. Okay, then you should probably do this thing. And that's exactly the opposite of what the last midwife told us to do. And so sometimes you don't know. But um, at 3 a.m. in the morning when the baby's crying, actually all you want to do is the thing that works. And so you sometimes end up just doing the thing that works for you, because we did this last night, and it seems to work, so we're just going to do the same thing. We had a friend who, who, who did this, and they ended up putting, like, 3 a.m. in the morning, every morning, putting their baby in the front pack, swinging around like this, and hitting their bottom until the baby went back to sleep, sometimes for 45 minutes or two hours. Like, it, but at the end of the day, they just needed that kid asleep, so they needed to do what worked. And that, you know, and they had all the people say, oh, well, have you done this? Have you done that? Oh, why don't you do this? This worked for my kid. And they're just, they're, oh, cool, thank you. None of that's worked for us, but this works. But at the same time, I don't know this is the case for the parents, for parents as well. We don't just want to do what works in the short term, because the last thing we want is a 15-year-old kid that you strapped onto the front of you, bouncing, oh, come on, Johnny, oh, you got to go to sleep. Like, like no one wants to be that parent or the, the, the eight-year-old still in the bed at night sleeping across your pillows. Like, that's eight years of torture. <laughs> like, we want to do the things that work, but we also want to do things that work for the 5, 10, 20-year plan of God for our lives. And it's the same in life. It's the same in faith. Um, it's been really cool Nick sharing some of the things that you guys are working through around Sabbath rest and different bits and pieces. It's just the disciplines of pursuing Jesus and pursuing God. Because I'm convinced that those things are the good things um, that really will set us up for the long, that long time, that long-term way of following Jesus, which is cool. If you, um, oh, actually, just a show of hands, who's here enjoys food? You're like a food lover? Yeah? Fantastic. 
Joel, you can all be my friends. Awesome. Um, my, my wife and I, I'm married to like a secret undercover chef. She's not trained, but she just loves food. We've been married for nearly six years, six years in January. And I would say across the six years, we've probably had maybe 15 meals that have been the same and the rest have all been different, which is just, I know, right? Um, and I cook like once or twice a year. Like, it's a, good, it's a good setup for me. I've scored big. She just loves food. She loves exploring through food. Her love language is food. She's all about food. Um, and when we moved to the city, um, we needed to find some new places to go for food. We, we lived in Wellington, some great restaurants, different things like that. And so we, we wanted to go and find some, some restaurants. And so if you were to move to the city, uh, say you just moved to Palmerston North, and you said to me, what's a good restaurant? What's a good restaurant? I would have a whole bunch of answers for you. But my question to you would be, well, what do you mean by good? What do you mean by good? When you mean good, if you're a 15-year-old asking me, do you know a good restaurant? Chances are you're not talking about like fine dining, you know, $150 bill sort of good. You're talking about cheap and full of flavor. Something a little bit better than McDonald's, probably. Like, that's what you're thinking as a 15-year-old. If you're a family with lots of kids, where can we go and not get kicked out halfway through the meal because the kids are running right? Like, Lone Star is, all, is, is for you. Like, like, what do you mean by good? Because I can tell you what I think is a good restaurant, but really, it's going to come at a cost because the food that I like to eat is the, or the places I like to eat is where we can take our kids and leave them with a babysitter and go out and, uh, and go out for a really nice meal. But at the end of the meal, they come with a, with a bill. And at Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 22, we're going to read it up here. Jesus is uh, approached by, um, uh, by someone. You want to chuck it up, dude? That'd be awesome. Um, by by a, a, a rich young ruler. It says this, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And in verse 18, he says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery. He goes through and says, look, 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 this is what you need to do. And he says, teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. And then Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. See, this, this, this phrase, good teacher, really what it's talking about is, is, this, is like this divine. Like he could recognize something on Jesus of this divine nature, this divine teacher. And so he comes to him, he says, good teacher, divine teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? But Jesus addressed, I love it how Jesus answered this question, but it, the first thing he did was address this, this phrase. He says, why do you call me good teacher? Because you say that, but actually do you consider me as such? And we know from the story that actually he didn't, because if he truly recognized Jesus as this good teacher, he would have done what he said, but he didn't. He went away sad because he had great wealth. He didn't want to sell all, his, all he had and give to the poor. So my question for us today is, well, actually, what do we mean by good, or, or actually for us and today, what do we mean by work? What, what, does it, what does it mean when something works? And that's really what I want to wrestle with today, because when we come to prayer, if we're approaching it from the, from, the, from the question of or the place of what can I do to make God like me? What can I do to, 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 get, to make God be favorable towards me so that I can get what I want? But then we've already missed this whole beautiful thing around what prayer is or even how prayer works. 
Because the truth is today, this is good news, we are already loved unconditionally. There's nothing we could do to earn more of God's love, and there's nothing we could do to, to earn less of God's love, because He always, already loves us unconditionally, which means without condition. It means He can't do anything to get more favor. He can't do anything to get more love from God. He loves us unconditionally. That's good news. Are you glad about that today? I hope you are, because I am. The, which it does lead to the question of, well, okay, then why do we need to try good, live a good life? But it really, I believe it's this whole difference of perspective. Because once we've, once we've received unconditional love, it transforms us. Does something on the inside of us, and it really changes us. So it changes from doing stuff so that God loves us, and it changes to doing stuff, doing good stuff because God loves us. When you've been loved in that way, you can't help but live a, a special, uh, live a good life. See, I um, I really want my kids to be nice to each other. It makes our house a whole lot more peaceful. <laughs> I also want them to listen to their mum, which they do when I'm around. But when I'm out, it doesn't happen as often. I think I must be the scary part of the, the family. Um, but, I, but I want them to listen to their mum. I want them to be kind to each other. I want them to help around the house, but not so that they can learn my, earn my love. And I already love them. I already love them unconditionally. Not perfectly, but, but I, do love, I do love them. I want them to do these things because they love me. I want them to do these things because they love being in our family. Not so they can earn a position, but so that they, uh, so, so because they are loved in our family. So today I want to tackle um, three questions today, looking at how prayer works. And I really pray that it encourages you, um, that it hopefully brings a little bit of uh, perspective maybe to some situations you're going through uh, as well. So the first one, uh, and I like to have a bit of interaction, so everyone can say number one. Number one, what is prayer? We're looking at three questions today. And what is prayer is the first one. Put simply, prayer is conversation with God. Now, if you've been in church for any length of time, it's easy to let, just let that one wash over you. Oh, yeah, cool. Tick. Next one. But no, let's pause for a moment. Conversation with the creator of the universe. The one who spoke and stars were birthed. The one who formed us with his very hands, who breathed life, whose very life sustains us, sustains all things, who, who, whom without we would have nothing. And in him is everything and the fullness thereof. Like this is the creator of the universe. This is who we get to communicate. And he invites us into relationship with him through prayer. That we would know his heart. That we would know the things on his mind. That we would be invited in to search out the mysteries of heaven. The mysteries of the kingdom. This is the God that we get to pray to. That we get to communicate with. That should blow your mind. That God would let us, us, little clumps of dirt <laughs> that breathe and smell bad and like like he would invite us to come and communicate with him to commune with him this is amazing it should fill us with joy it should humble us and it should fill us with joy amazement and awe so what is prayer prayer is communicating with him but we're looking at psalm 62 as well uh, trust in him at all times you people pour out your hearts to him for god is your, uh, for God is our refuge. Prayer is able to, a place where we can go and, and being able to communicate with God and just pouring out our lives before Him. 
It's like, a, like the ultimate counselor, which is being able to go and pour out our lives. Going on to the next one, Psalm 66 says this, but God has surely listened. He has heard my prayer. God be, praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. We don't just talk to God. God talks to us. And actually God hears us. God listens. He hears our prayers, which is awesome. And Psalm 4, verse 6 and 7, uh, where we can uh, go before him a bit in everything. So not being anxious about everything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, presenting our requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. We can take our requests to him. He cares about us. He wants to know what's going on in our lives, which is awesome. That's good news. God cares for us. He longs for us to turn to him and talk with him. You know, um, if, you're, if you're married, it's re- a really important part of marriage is communication. You didn't know that one? You're welcome. Um, and it's the same thing in every relationship, whether it's friendship, whether it's marriage, whether it's parent-child relationship, whether it's work colleagues, all relationships at the core of them, I really believe, is effective, healthy communication. If you've got good communication, you can work through anything because you can understand each other, you can process things, you can, you can explain what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Um, I see a few el- shoulders, uh, elbows in the room. So yeah, see, I told you, husband. Um, it's the same with God. If we want to have a healthy relationship with God, we need to have communication at the heart of that, healthy, effective communication. And that's what prayer looks like. What is prayer? Prayer is simply talking with God. doesn't need to be fancy. doesn't need to have big Christian words doesn't need to look like anything, sound like anything, anything. It just needs to be genuine, and it needs to come from our hearts. Are you with me? This is making sense? This is encouraging? Hopefully it is. Number two, everyone say number two. God, oh sorry, does God answer my prayers? See, the cool thing about this question is that we're not the only ones through history to have asked this question. Uh, if we le- read, uh, I love reading the Psalms, and this is a lot of Psalms in this message. If we read Psalm 69, um, we read the psalmist writing this, Answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love, in your great mercy turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. Have you ever had a moment where, or a time in life where you just don't hear from God, or you don't even know if He's hearing you? Like, God, answer me. Do you know it's okay to feel that? It's okay to go through that time when you're praying for something, when you're believing for something, and just almost like nothing's happening, it's okay to wrestle with that. See, in my um, past experiences, if we're looking at prayer works or understanding how prayer works is just God does what I ask Him for, well then there's going to be some times where we're going to be let down. Uh, And we'll get to that in a little bit. I know for me, some of my past experiences of prayer have worked. Prayed for a boy. Got him on number three, which is cool. Um, I've got friends who have now got five girls, <laughs> and they were praying the same prayer. It's like, well, does prayer work? Well, it's hard to answer that question. If we're coming to God with a genie in the bottle type mindset, well, then I can guarantee there's going to be times when you're going to be excited and stoked and, and, and thankful. There's going to be times when you're going to be disappointed. Uh, you know, taking a long list of requests to God, to do this for God, you know, that's, that's not a bad thing, but depending on what we expect God to do. Um, when I was, I would have been 19 or, no, no, I would have been 20 or 21 years old. I had, uh, I have a best, best friend, his name's Josh, uh, Josh Benj, if you know the Benjes, they're not too 
Um, not too infamous, but <laughs> uh, no, the uh, the family fr- that we um, were part of the same church plant when we were, when I was young, a f- little five year old, and me and my best friend Josh, we were two of the the rascal kids uh, in the church. He actually um, carved this for me for my twenty first birthday as well, which is a, probably one of the coolest presents I've ever got uh, as well. I was about twenty years old, and his little sister Abigail Benj had a head on collision crash driving out to Raglan with some friends. One of her friends pretty much died instantly, uh, who was in the front seat, and, and, um, and the, yeah, it was a drunk driver who, who crossed, the, crossed the middle lane, and then they, they collided head on. Um, the, my, my, the, the family, the Benj family, rushed to the emergency. They got the call, rushed to the emergency department, and they, they got there just as the doctors came out of the operating place, uh, the operating rooms, and said to the rest of the emergency department, maybe this many people, I don't know, hi, I'm really sorry, you're not going to get seen tonight, you might as well go home. We've just had a call that there's been a head-on collision, and all resources in our emergency department are going to go on trying to keep these people alive. And so they come in, uh, Abby comes in, she's broken both, not even broken, shattered both femurs, all sorts of stuff through her body, there's been bad head collision with the steering wheel and all this sort of stuff, and it, it, it wasn't looking good. And, and, and long story short, the, basically people around the nation just started praying, and she made it through the first surgery, which was a miracle in and of itself, and she started trying to go on this road to recovery, and she had other operations and different things. And I remember one time in particular when I was uh, in my flat, and I got a message from Josh, hey, we need to pray. There's something, there's infection in her brain, there's, like, it's not looking good, or, or, or brain swelling or something like that, it cut a hole in her, in her skull to let the brain swell. Like, things aren't looking good, we need to pray. And I remember just going to my room in my flat, and I just started praying. I was praying in tongues, and I was prophesying, and I was praying, just everything. I was crying, because I'm an emotional type, and it's just powerful. Um, and I remember praying for about 30 or 40 minutes, and, I, and, and about 40 minutes in, I just felt something change can't really explain it other than that. Something changed. I just felt it. The thing that I've been praying for, it changed. And then like the next day, I get a message, hey, she's, bro- she, she's, she's come out of it. Like things have broken through. Like she's good. She, not only did she recover from that, the doctor said that she'd never walk again. She'd hardly talk again. She may not even be herself. Not only was she herself, she then also started to make a recovery. They said, oh, you'll never walk again. And she was like, nah, stuff you, I'm going to walk. And so through prayer and, and hard work and faith, she started walking. And they said, oh, well, awesome, you're walking, but you'll never do anything significant walking. She's like, nah, stuff you. Ended up walking like a five-kilometer like, walking race. And they said, oh, okay, well, you'll, you'll do that, but you'll never work again. And she's like, nah, screw you. Went and studied at university. She now works in early childcare. So like just a complete miracle in, 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 in response to prayer. And it's still something I remember, still something I hold on to. And in that day, God answered my prayers in a significant way, which is so awesome. God answered my prayer. Just last year, we had someone in our church who got diagnosed with cancer, and it started to really affect him. He started to lose feeling in his legs and then his lower body, and, and, and it was affecting his body. And we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed as a church. He wasn't a Christian. He came to the Lord about um, uh, towards the end of last year. He also got married, um, which I got to marry him and his, uh, him and his wife. Um, but unfortunately, at the end of that journey, beside, in spite of all of our prayers, he then passed away. And that was so hard. It was so hard for the wife. It was so f- hard for his two little boys. 
who now no longer have their dad, one of whom was about 18 months at the time. How do you explain that to an 18-month-old boy? And, and, and there was a lot of people, his wife included, who were broken from that. How could God not answer that prayer? How could God not answer that prayer? If we're ans- asking the question, does God answer my prayers, and we're thinking of God as this genie in the bottle sort of way, then we have to conclude that at best, God might answer our prayers sometimes. But I know, I believe, I have conviction that God answers our prayers all the time. Sometimes it's with a yes, with the thing that we're asking for, the thing that we're believing for. Sometimes in His grace and His mercy, it's a not yet. But then sometimes also in His grace and His mercy, it's a no. Does it make sense? No. (laughs) I can't understand that. (laughs) I can't understand the mysteries of God. But does he answer our prayer? I believe he does. In, chapter, in Luke chapter 1, I'm just going to look at this. There's a, um, there's a guy called, by the name of Zechariah. And he, uh, him and his wife, they were praying for a baby. They were praying for a baby. But now they were a lot, like, quite a bit older, long in years. And then one day, the angel came to him. He's, 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 um, working, he's a priest in the temple. He's working in the temple. Uh, and an angel comes to me and says, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. His prayer had been answered. Woohoo! <laughs> like, that's awesome, except for the fact that he's like, But we're old. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be 80 and like, changing nappies. Like, that's nasty. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. So, could it be that Zechariah had stopped praying this prayer? I think almost definitely. To get to a point, it's like, yeah, we want a kid, we want a kid, we want a kid, we want a kid. Well, we're kind of nearing the age we would have wanted grandkids by now, so maybe we don't want a kid anymore. Like, let's stop praying for that one. But, uh, but God came and answered his prayer. So I've got a question for you. Is, could it be that the prayers that you have prayed, God is still going to answer, but you've just forgotten about them? Or maybe you're not even sure if you want it anymore. Could it be that God takes your prayers more seriously than you do? Could it be that actually he, he, he has heard your prayer that you're praying for 10 years ago for your, for your kid who's no longer walking with a God? And you've now long, not, you're now no longer praying for that. Maybe you've forgotten. Maybe it's too hard to pray that prayer. Could it be that God has still heard that prayer? And he takes your prayer seriously. And he's not finished with the work he's doing in your kid's life. Could it be there's other things that we've prayed for? He still remembers them. And he's still working. See, the reality is God knows what we need. He knows what is good for us. He knows everything about us. Sometimes his answer is yes. Sometimes in his answer is not yet. And sometimes his answer is no. But does this mean our prayers haven't worked? Well, I guess we need to ask the question, what do we mean by, or what do you expect from prayer? Or what is the purpose of prayer? Which is number three. At the end of the day, the power of prayer doesn't lie in the words that we speak, but in the person we pray them to. There's, you know, people might have said, you might have heard people say, I've probably said it in the past, prayer is powerful. Like, yes, but there's a caveat to that. Prayers to God <laughs> Almighty, those are powerful prayers. Because it's not about, it's not about us, it's not about our prayers, it's about the one we're praying to. See, the religious exercise of praying, though it's good to have discipline, if it's just about the event, then we've missed the whole purpose of prayer. And in John chapter 5, uh, some religious leaders come to Jesus and they say, they say this, I'm going to jump to John chapter 5, my man, doing a great job, 
Yeah, what's the answer prayer? Next one. There you go. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Sure, Jesus is talking about the word, but the same thing applies to prayer. If you're like, you know about the word, you know about prayer, and yet you're not, you, you, you're missing me. What is this all about? What is scripture all about? What is worship all about? What is prayer all about? It's all about Jesus. It's all about being drawn near to him. The purpose of prayer is to draw us closer to God and for him to transform us. If you don't remember anything else today, I won't be that offended, except for my gorgeous kids. They're pretty cute. Uh, If you don't remember anything else, remember that the purpose of prayer is to draw us nearer to God and to change us. That's the purpose of prayer. It's not to twist God's arm. Trust me, he's really strong. You can't do that. Like you can't make God do things for you. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. You can't just like force things through. Yeah, God calls us to intercede on behalf of things. God calls us to pray things through, to experience breakthrough. Yes, that's all true, but we can't force God's hand. He's inviting us in to a deeper relationship with Him so that we can be transformed, so that we can be changed. Are my prayers working? In this question, in answer to this question, we need to ask another question. Am I being changed in positive ways? Am I becoming more loving and gracious to those around me? If you are, I can tell you, your prayers are working. Is my faith growing? Yeah. Then your prayers are working. Do you have hope and, and, and is anxiety starting to fall off you? Then yeah, your prayers are working. Are you getting to know God, are you having um, encounters with the living person of Jesus Christ? If you are, then yes, your prayers are working. So pre- prayer, is, prayer is pleasing to God, but it doesn't make you more pleasing to God. God desires that we pray, but it doesn't make us more desirable to God. Prayer, makes us, prayer doesn't make God more aware of us. Prayer makes us more aware of God. That's the purpose. That's the power of prayer. And that's, I believe, how prayer works. Are you drawing near to God in prayer? If it's, just a, if it's just a religious duty, it, hey, it might work. Things might change, maybe. But I can't guarantee that. If it's genuine heartfelt connection with the living creator, the risen Jesus, then it works. Then it works. And if this is what we expect from prayer, I can guarantee that prayer works. He will celebrate with you when you succeed. He'll comfort you when you mourn. He will strengthen you when you're weak. He will give you grace and mercy when you make mistakes. He will be your tower of refuge when you're in tough times. And he will love you no matter what. Prayer works. Why don't you close your eyes and and bow your heads. Come on, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you that we have had this opportunity to come together today and encounter you and be transformed by your word. And God, I pray that that through all of my ramblings, all of the things that I've said, God, that you have been speaking. God, I believe that you have, that you've been putting your finger on situations, you've been putting your finger on perceptions, maybe ideas, maybe things that we haven't had in alignment with, with, with the way that you operate in your kingdom. God, I pray right now that that you would highlight those things for us. And even God, right now, we just repent. 
and we change our mind. Lord, we just let, let ourselves be transformed by your word, that we may draw closer to you, God, that we may experience a touch of heaven, God, that we may be transformed in the process. God, we thank you for your power that is at work in us. And as we draw near to you, God, we hold on to the promise found in James that as we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And that we as, as, as a community, as a group of people with unveiled place, faces, contemplating, reflecting the glory of the Lord, are ourselves being transformed every day from glory to glory. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Um, Nick uh, mentioned just when I, in preparing the, if I had some words to share just to, to do that. And so, um, sorry, I thought I'd do that. <laughs> That's okay. Just uh, just in preparing last night, I, um, uh, I don't know if this is for someone specific or this is if this is uh, for maybe church community. And it's okay if I get it wrong. I'm sure you won't hate me. <laughs> Um, but I really just believe there's someone here who God is calling to go deeper in prayer, inviting you to search, uh, search and seek for the deep mysteries found in Him. I think it's in Psalms where it says, or maybe it might be, might be Proverbs. It's Psalm or Proverbs where it says, um, "It's a matter for God to conceal a matter, but it's a matter for kings to to search it out." And it's really an invitation for me. That's a verse that's like an invitation of seeking God. And going deeper in Him and spending, I don't know, and I just feel like the, the, the person who this resonates for today, it's God's calling you to extended prayer. I myself struggle with extended times of prayer. I sit down and read the Bible for hours, but prayer I struggle with. But some, I really feel God's calling someone to go deep in prayer um, and just to, yeah, just to, just to search out the mysteries of Him, the mysteries of the kingdom uh, of God. Does, does that resonate with anyone here today? Maybe you can be bold. No, you want that? Okay, awesome. Oh, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've got one hand. Anyone give me two hands? No, no. That's awesome. I, I, yeah, I already pray as you as you do as you step in to, to really lean in, to really go for it in God, to really position yourself in a way where just the mysteries get unlocked in in, in prayer. And I pray you're blessed in that. Um, I really want also have again in praying uh, last night just for um. Someone here who prayed for a loved one, and they didn't get healed, and perhaps you're still in pain. And I just, I, I, I even got the the, the word that it, it was an auntie, maybe. Um, anyone had an auntie who passed away, and that was just really, and you're praying for healing, you're believing for healing, and that didn't happen. No, okay, that's cool. Uh, not an oh, not an auntie, but it was someone you were praying for and believing. Ah, yeah, awesome. Oh, um. Okay, I got that bit wrong. Um, but I just, I really felt that God, want, God wants to know He did hear your prayers. He did hear your prayers. And His heart broke with your heart as well. And, um, and He still wants you to trust Him, especially with the things that you're praying for now, which we know what some of those things are because they're things. But He still wants you to trust Him and with, with your prayers. Don't stop praying for those things. He hears your prayers. I don't know why he, he didn't hear, why he didn't answer that specific prayer the way we wanted, but he does answer prayer. He wants to, yeah. And, I, and my prayer for you, Michael, is that your pain would be healed for that person who you prayed for but didn't make it. And I'd love to pray for you now if that's okay. If, if, 
That's cool. Father God, I thank you for Michael. I thank you for who he is, this man of faith, this amazing family man. And God, right now, I pray for the pain, any pain he has still in his heart from this person, this loved one that they prayed for but didn't get healed, who still passed away. God, I pray that you would come and do a supernatural work in his heart, a supernatural work in his life, that you would heal the pain, that you would use it, you would use it for good in your purposes because we know that Michael loves you and he is called according to your purpose. So God, we commit that to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, and then just this, this one, this might, might be everyone who knows, but this, I feel that there's someone who's struggling, has a struggle with a neighbor, might be a frustration or something going on uh, with, with your neighbor. Uh, and I just really want to encourage you, the answer will be found in prayer. Praying for the neighbor, praying that situation through, and really seeing a supernatural breakthrough. I'm not sure if that resonates with anyone, or um, you can come and tell me afterwards uh, if, that, if that does. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Can I leave you with one last thing? Very cool. Um, if you're confident in prayer, can I encourage you to be the type of person that welcomes, that draws people in, of your church community and even wider? Hey, let me teach you how to pray. Let me, it's like what I, was, I talked about at the start. Let me teach you how to invite the presence of God into, my, into your situation. You're going through this. I'm not just going to say, hey, go and pray about it. I'm going to teach you how to pray. If that's you, can I let that be your challenge? And if you're not confident, the challenge is the other one. Find someone who is confident and ask them to teach you how to pray. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure to be here.